It's time for episode 313 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's clockwise and watch foolish. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across this internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well. Looking at the clock on the wall looks right, but you know, when I check my watch, it does feel kind of foolish. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get Mm -hmm. it now. Why strap a clock to your wrist? It's strange. Uh, What's not strange is the two fantastic guests we have with (laughs) us today. To my left, it's the editor, Max Stories Net, and Club Max Stories, the co-host of the App Stories Net podcast and the Dialogue Podcast. Ah, oh, God, I don't even know how he finds time to be here. It's John Voorhees. Welcome back, John. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me. We are delighted to have you. And to my left, it's Rabble Rouser, friend of the Rebel Alliance and the hostess of the Mac Observer Daily podcast. Wowity, wowity. It's Kelly Gamont. Hello, Kelly. Hi. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Although I, I, I might have to respectfully disagree with Dan's assessment of, of the lack of strange. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Uh, all right. Well, I'll kick things off today with my topic. Uh, as I was moving over to my new iPhone 11 Pro, I ran afoul of the three device limit that Dropbox has imposed for free accounts. Uh, everything that you had sort of previously was sort of grandfathered in, but when you add a new device, it decides to give you a little and and talking to. So I've decided to reconsider where I am keeping my cloud storage files because uh, I use a lot of Dropbox these days. And I'm curious to know what you folks use for that kind of stuff. John? Well, I don't think I'm going to be much help, Dan, because I use Dropbox. <laughs> and, and I like you, though, I've been looking around, and I really want to try something else. And I got really excited at WWC this year when Apple announced that they would have uh, folder sharing in iOS and on the Mac. And yeah, that got pulled out of the beta. So <laughs> that didn't happen. It's not in the software now. And I'm still waiting. I mean, I, I don't use Dropbox for much other than the sharing. So if I can get something uh, like iCloud working, I'd be happy just because I'm paying for both right now. I really don't need to be paying for both because I've got a lot of extra storage on both and I'd like to consolidate it. But uh, iCloud Drive just isn't there yet. And I think it's going to be a little while before, before we get there. I'm also a Dropbox user, and I'm happy with that. Uh, That was my new musical theater performance. It will be launching on Broadway soon. It is called Dropbox. It's what I use. Um, I also use a touch of iCloud Drive storage, um, a a very, very light touch of of, of iCloud Drive storage. Basically, I've got my Mac that uh, was provided to me by my job, and that's the Mac that I use the most because it is uh, a newer Mac than the one that is my personal Mac. Um, My personal Mac is connected to uh, the iCloud Drive syncing dealybob where the desktop and your documents folder are synced with iCloud Drive. And so when I use my work Mac, if I ever need to get access to anything that for some reason is not in my 
Dropbox, then I have access to it through iCloud Drive via the syncing with my uh, my home Mac, my personal Mac. So yeah, and then also with uh, my iOS devices, I find it much easier to sync using iCloud Drive. So can't really uh, give you any new options, but maybe you know a little bit of both. This is has helped me a bit. Kelly, what are your solutions? Uh, mostly Dropbox. Um, the the bit of iCloud that I'm normally using uh, is for PhotoStream, just because I take loads of photos with my phone. Uh, so I don't. I'm not doing a whole lot of of personal storage. But I was also one of the people who somehow managed to get in on Dropbox really, really early, and so I would mention it to people who had no idea what it even was, and. So I invited loads of people, so I have a stack of storage, and I just try to be militant about it. Uh, But like John, I was very interested to see that iCloud Drive was going to do something a little more Dropboxy. Sorry to get all technical, and uh, I wanted to, and I wanted to do that to get away from Dropbox and just sort of have everything in one place. And uh, if I were able to if i were able to get the functionality out of icloud drive that i want then i would be happy to move everything over there but uh, like john said it's just not there yet yeah i think i come down with most of you i mean i would be happy to keep using dropbox i have plenty of space there it's just this whole like you can only use three devices and it's like turns out i have four devices i need i have an iphone an ipad a laptop and a desktop and that's just annoying enough that's like I, i don't I don't feel the need to necessarily pony up the 12 bucks a month or whatever they want me to pay for that when I have all this iCloud Drive storage I'm not using. So as of this morning, I started moving a lot of my personal files I kept in Dropbox over to iCloud Drive instead. Uh, and like like the rest of you, uh, I have the same problem where I have shared folders. That's not there yet. And for things shows like this, I use Dropbox's file request feature, which lets people upload stuff into your Dropbox. And it doesn't look like that's coming anytime soon <laughs> to iCloud Drive. So that's going to keep me at least a little bit in Dropbox for the moment. But I'm thinking just for files that I want access to in all my devices, I'm going to be moving mostly to iCloud Drive in the future. So thanks for pretty much confirming where I thought we would all be. Dropbox Mm -hmm. has us in their clutches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They do. Uh, All right. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from John. All right. You know, I we're living in interesting times where Apple is rolling out all these different services this fall. We've already got news, which came earlier in the year, and we've got Apple Arcade, and very soon we'll have TV Plus. And it struck me as interesting as each of the as the pricing was announced on each of these that both Arcade and TV Plus are four ninety nine a month, whereas News Plus, which is the paid part of the news app is 9.99. And so I was wondering, you know, what do you what does everybody thinks going on there? Uh what what's happening that allows games and TV to be half of what News Plus costs? Uh Micah, what do you think? Wow, that is a really good question. Um I am going to have to to say that there's there's <laughs> quite a bit going on here. For one, um Apple has had a long Apple and many other companies, uh Spotify, uh Google Everybody who does streaming music, Pandora, all of them have had a long history uh, with the recording industry of talking through and making deals that make sense for uh, for you know the, the the industry. And so, taking that uh, background and applying that, I feel to um, to television 
is a little bit simpler. TV right now, all the networks are trying to exist in this streaming world and figure out how that works. And we've had some sort of history of streaming services um, for for television. And so I feel like there, uh, at least with with television and with, with with that side of things, it makes sense that they were able to make good deals that get uh, people sort of watching shows and, and all that. Now, as for gaming, I think it's just because we are already in a world where a lot of apps are free, and now we've got folks trying to find new ways of being able to make sustainable funds for their apps and hopping on a platform that's in a billion pockets, y'all, is a good idea. As for news, it's just, I think we haven't figured it out yet. I think that uh, folks who, like, blessedly, I am not currently reliant on, um, you know, page views and clicks for, for writing content. But with that, there's a lot that, that is still sort of new and fresh and people are trying to figure it out. And so I think that Apple going in and making those deals, all that was new. And therefore, it's still kind of um, the deals are too fresh to just be able to lay something down and say, hey, we want to try $5. These deals are just too fresh. (laughs) These deals are just too fresh. And then they put on their sunglasses and they drop the mic (laughs) and they walk out. All right, I'm going to drop the mic. I'm not going to walk out because it's Kelly's turn. (laughs) I think a lot about this because I pay a lot of attention to uh, news and the journalism process. Uh, That was what I wanted to do uh, when I was younger and didn't work out. Um, And so I have watched a lot of this with a lot of interest. And I, too, was really wondering about why is news $10 a month? You know, why are you charging extra for vegetables is really what that kind of came down to. Like, you're giving me candy for half the price of veggies. Of course, nobody's going to sign up for news. So, (laughs) like, that was kind of how I was looking at it. Or, you know, like, they should be able to throw it in with something and I really wish that the publishers of news content had learned something from the publishers of entertainment content, like the movie studios and the record labels who all went through all of this and have tried to take take steps in order to not uh, collapse as an industry. And I sort of hoped that maybe news would end up in kind of a similar boat. And I, I'm not seeing that. And one of the things that I've sort of been thinking about with this is that uh, you know, people are talking about, well, well, you know, journalism is broken and reporting is broken, but it's really not. I don't think that's the problem. I think it's that publishing is the part that needs to figure it out because journalism, as we've seen in stories that have been un- uncovered and the depth to which some of those things have been reported, like journalism is better than it's ever been in my estimation. And the reporters who are out there day to day hitting, you know, hitting the street with a notebook in their hand or their phone in their hand and recording interviews and stuff are all doing really amazing work it's just a matter of being able to find the venue for that and so i think it's publishing that needs to make that shift because anytime anybody digs into you know what this person's working on or what that person has written like they're well written they're well produced and the facts on that stuff you know are are impeccably researched and i really want uh for that stuff to find an audience and just trying to figure out how to turn that into something useful Uh, is kind of the secret. And I don't know how we're going to fix that, but it's not the journalism that's the issue. It's how you get it out to people in a way that that makes it compelling enough to pay for. 
I'm I'm really glad that when I saw this topic in the spreadsheet, I thought to myself, this is great because I literally the other day tried to read something. And as I ran into my umpteenth, you've got nine articles that you've read out of 10 this month. And sort of was like, <laughs> man, you know, I wish there was just a service I could pay money to and get access to all of these different publications. And I was like, oh, right. Isn't that what Apple News was supposed to do? But the problem is, A, it didn't really deliver on that. Um, and B... I think what it comes down to is a little bit what Kelly was getting at with the whole paying for your vegetables thing. I think it's a matter of volume. Uh, people are going, you're going to get tons of people signing up for games and tons of people signing up for TV plus because they're shiny and they're candy. Uh, and Apple's going to make that money back. You, you know, in both of those cases, it's also subsidized those things heavily, right? It outlaid a ton of money to produce TV shows and it gave a ton of money to the game developers to being, build games. So it looked at the numbers and said, well, we can spend this much money and we can basically figure out if we get this number of subscribers, we will make a profit. I think it's a little stickier when it comes to news. And part of it is just because people are less willing to pay for stuff, I think. And the other part of it, I think, too, is there is a little bit of a um, a different attitude towards it from the news publishers, right? Like, there's no bones about people making content for people to enjoy. But when it's content that should be, you know, is there to inform and educate and uncover these kinds of things, I think... It gets a little bit stickier in terms of how the news industry also views itself as not just something to be commoditized for entertainment. So I think there's a bunch of different factors there. I, I do wish it was five bucks a month because I feel like I would have I would have paid for that. That would have tipped me over the edge. But when I thought to myself, oh, God, it's 10 bucks a month eh, and it's not going to give me access to the stuff that I actually want. I kind of was like, well, I'll, I'll just go back to reading my 10 free articles a month or whatever. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point, because you're right. There are some really big names that are missing from News Plus. And I think you're right. It, it has There's so many different things at play here. There's, there's history of the publishing industry and a broken business model that hasn't quite been figured out yet. Uh, there are paywalls that are set up by individual p- publications that they don't want to undercut with News Plus. And then you look at things like games and TV. I mean, TV is just incredible competition right now. There's a lot of demand for that in games, but there's also an extraordinary amount of competition going on right now mm-hmm. between all the streaming services. And I, I really expect that we'll see those streaming services, the prices rise over time. But for at least you know the first year or two, I think we're going to st- see a lot of this $5, $10 type of thing before it, before it really goes up. And yeah, it's it's an interesting time to live in when that when it's actually double. When you think about that, it's like, well, uh, it's just not a super compelling service, and that's part on Apple. But it's also there's just people who aren't willing to play with them and use that as the means to deliver things. And I I guess I can see it. I mean, if you're the New York Times or the Washington Post, and you've got a successful business already with your own paywall. Uh, why why take a fraction of $10 when you're already charging whatever they're charging, which is more than that? Yep, indeed. All right, that is two topics down, two topics left. And that, of course, means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distribution, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email, give them a call, or chat over the IRC in the Linode community if that's easier, whatever suits you best. Plus, they have super useful guides and support documentation, so if you need to quickly look something up, you can. I've actually used a bunch of those guides to set up my Linode server, and they're really, really helpful. 
Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.lino.com. It is a single-page application built using the cutting-edge React.js stack, and it's backed entirely by Linode's public API. Plus, it's open source. And Linode features two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high-memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you as a listener of this show. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash clockwise, promo code clockwise2019. Learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over, and I shall turn it over to Micah. A uh, simple question. On which social networks, if any, do you choose to spend your time? Kelly, we'll start with you. Honestly, somehow, and I don't know how this happened, uh, and I don't know if it counts, but Slack is where I end up talking to the most people. Um because I'm in a bunch of them that are not like work or business related in any way. So uh, I end up talking to a lot of people that way. Uh, otherwise, I have dramatically reduced my Twitter usage. I'm still there once in a while, uh, like when I think to open it. But part of um, Twitter's decision making has made it a lot less appealing for me to be there. And that's everything from... Uh, the policies they have around the people who use their service to the policies they have around the apps that are developed for their service. So it's a lot easier not to engage with uh, Twitter when I'm not getting notifications from anything reliably that tell me that anybody there is trying to talk to me. So uh, it's gotten uh, to be a lot less less time that I have spent there. I'm trying to take some of that time and send it to micro.blog, where at least I own all of my data. And uh, you actually can't tell how many people are following you or how many people you're following. So there's not really a popularity contest over there. You can just see the list. And um, it's a pretty low-key community for the most part. And it's kind of up to you uh, how you want to use that. So if you just want to use your space for long-form blog posts that you just sort of broadcast to people, that's fine. And if you want to interact with people in a shorter format like Twitter, then that's fine. Uh, I don't I basically don't use Facebook. Uh, I swing by every once in a while and tell my family, like, don't update to iOS 13 yet, you know, and things like that. That's about it. Um, Literally, I've put up two posts in the last week or so. And the first one was you're going to get a notification about iOS 13. Don't do it because point one is coming. And then I put up another notification that said point one is out. You can update to it back up like I taught you. and, And then let's talk. Um, so that's like, for the most part, it's just been, um, talking to a lot of people in Slack is where I get a lot of my social interaction these days. You know, I never took up smoking, but I decided I wanted a habit that was really bad for me. So I'm still on Twitter, apparently (laughs) just as addictive and just as toxic. Uh, now I, you know, gosh, having been on Twitter now for like 12 years, like it's just really hard to get out. And I, I'd spend less time there um especially less time just like mindlessly scrolling through stuff i do spend a lot of time in slack like kelly i I don't i think of that as less of a social network in some ways because it's like usually all people i pretty much know um it's a lot smaller right like a lot more intimate and that's fine like i I really like that aspect of it 
Um, but I do still crave the fire hose a little bit, and I, I I can't quite get myself off Twitter for that reason. I've been trying to up my Instagram uh, usage a little bit, and it was a lot more helpful when I was like on a honeymoon and had lots of interesting things to take pictures of. <laughs> like, oh, look at this great scenery. Look at this cool thing I saw in Italy. And it's like when I get home and I'm mainly in my office in my house, it's less interesting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, 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 Instagram's got its own problems. Obviously it's ties with Facebook and what have you, but I, I do like seeing the pictures of like what my friends are up to and like friend, my picture, uh, pictures, my friends and families post of like the kids and stuff like that. I find that's like, it's a good, feels fairly wholesome still. And maybe that's just a function of the people I'm following there. Um, uh, but yeah, Twitter, uh, I, I can't quit it. I can't quit it. I wish I could. John, what about you? Uh, I think I'm a lot like you, Dan. I'm still a pr- fairly heavy uh, Twitter user with a sprinkling of Instagram. And, you know, it, it remains for me the place where, uh, Twitter that is, that where most of the people I know are. And on top of that, an awfully big portion of the Mac Stories audience is there. So mm-hmm. it's it's twofold for me. It's both where I interact with people I know either really well or people I kind of know just online but also how we publicize what we do at Mac Stories. And that's an important part of you know, what we do every day. So I'm there for that. I'm also there for research, follow a ton of developers. Uh, that's how I keep on top of what's going on in the app development world. Uh, I always, you know, it doesn't, it never ceases to amaze me that every single week I'll discover somebody's working on something that I haven't heard about. And at some point that ends up being a story that we have on the site. So it's important from that uh, standpoint too. I use really, really liberal use of mutes though, because I, I like to filter, you know, I, I use it for very specific purposes and probably more work now than personal than in the past. And as a result, I just try to filter out as much of the no- noise and nonsense sense as I possibly can. Ah, oh, well, thank you all for your answers there. Um, I'm still a pretty regular Twitter user, um, also on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I think Slack is, is definitely, uh, accounts as a social network and a more, you know, private social network that certainly I have been, um, happy to be, uh, like an actual play, a place that I've actually been happy to be and interact with people. So, uh, a touch of, a touch of all of them, it sounds like across, uh, across everyone. Thank you. And let's go to our last topic, which comes from Kelly. So one of like talking about uh, social networks, uh, whether it's for work or for personal reasons, you know, like all of us sort of talked about using Twitter, um, we all deal with endless streams of information every day, whether it's news or work stuff or personal data that sort of happens through the day. And, you know, and that com- comes in the form of email and Facebook and Twitter streams and text messages and phone calls and everything else. And what are your, what I'm curious about is what your countermeasures are uh, when it's time to step away from that. Like, I need a little bit of a break. How can I, um, like, how, how do you step away from those when you sort of want to check out of all of that for a little while? <laughs> I, I could be doing better at it. I'll tell you that. Um, I think the things that help me the most are, uh, I like, I do like to go take a walk, um, during the day just to get out of the house and spend time, you know, I'll listen to music or something, but sometimes just walk around and get out, stretch my legs. Um, I actually have found recently that the thing that lets me unplug a lot is, um, cooking dinner. 
Um, you know, so like waiting for my wife to get home because she gets home fairly late. And so, you know, I'll get started on that. And again, it's a time for me to be focused on a task and I can't check my phone uh, and I'm not being bombarded by information like sort of constantly. Uh, and then the third thing for me is like I try to read uh, usually these days on my Kindle or on a paper book if I'm reading a paper book right before I go to bed um, for like 20 minutes or half an hour. Like I find that the biggest thing I often do podcasts late at night and I find that I really need like a 20 to 30 minute like I got to come down from like interacting with people and get ready to go to bed. And and reading a book is definitely the best way to sort of get my mind into that zone. So, yeah, a lot of it is just making for me, it's making the choice to go do a task that is something I have to focus on and I can't just easily multitask into, oh, I'll check Twitter while I'm watching this TV show or something like that. So it's being kind of mindful of like what you are doing and the time that you're spending. Yeah, For me, I try to use do not disturb a fair amount, especially in the evening as I'm getting, you know, winding down to go to bed. Also, I'm pretty judicious about what notifications I let come through on both my Mac and my iPhone. Uh, those things help a lot. But you know, just closing apps makes a big difference too. I'll just shut down RSS and Twitter and everything if I'm busy and just work and and check it later. I mean, I it's again, it's a little bit like my use of Twitter. I feel like I need to be on top of what's happening in terms of the news throughout the day. So what I do is I just shut it all, including email, and I just check in on it periodically, especially when I've got, you know, some story that I'm writing or something like that. That that's for me been most effective as long as I, you know, don't procrastinate and and decide that oh I'll just take one quick look at Twitter because then you just get sucked in. But so far that's worked pretty well for me. I could also do a better job. I think um, I I do like to listen to uh, audiobooks, and by listening to audiobooks, I cannot do other things that require thought. So that involves any sort of social media measure uh, or taking in streams of information. Um, I have to put those things down or else I cannot listen and process the audiobook that I want to listen to. Um, my dogs are also a great way to help me manage that because I can't uh, handle or because you know they 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 look at me, they smile, they want to uh, go outside, they want to go on a walk or what have you, and so there's not really <laughs> a way for me to say no to that. So getting to go out and enjoy that time with them is obviously uh, very important. So my dogs and audiobooks are the two things that kind of uh, help me unplug from these endless streams of information. Any last thoughts on that, Kelly? Uh, well, what I have found is uh, audiobooks, like like paper books, printed books, and also audiobooks, uh, because it sort of helps me feel like I'm multitasking if I'm listening to a book while I'm cooking dinner or doing something in the kitchen. But also, um, I like yarn stuff. I both knit and crochet, and uh, doing something with my hands actually keeps me from being able to pick up my phone and and check something and and spend some of that time and so i find that that helps and there's also a little bit of satisfaction that comes out of like i spent uh, you know i can point to a physical object that i spend time creating as opposed to like i have nothing to show for the time i spend on twitter excellent well that is four topics down we have just enough time for a bonus topic but before we do our bonus topic i just want to remind all of you that september is childhood cancer awareness month so join st jude children's research hospital 
this month with organizations such as the World Health Organization who are committed to transforming cancer care with the goal of curing at least 60% of children worldwide with six of the most common cancers by 2030. With your support, you'll help St. Jude stay true to its life-saving mission, finding cures, saving children. You can donate to support childhood cancer around the world at stjude.org slash clockwise. Uh, Again, donate now at stjude.org slash clockwise. And the Relay community has done a fantastic job, uh, raised over $250,000. So thank you, everybody out there who has contributed. And if you haven't yet, you still got a few days in September left. So we appreciate that. All right, quick bonus topic this time around. Uh, You're drinking a glass of water. Has it got ice or no ice? John? It's got ice. I mean, on a hot day in the summertime, I love a big glass of water with a lot of ice in it. Perfect. Ice, hands down. No other way for me. I'm team ice, but sometimes in the interest of efficiency, I will go without. Uh, I drink ice if it's in like if it's like in a restaurant where they give you ice, but otherwise I just drink straight from the tap. I kind of like the room temperature water. Otherwise, it's a little too cold. Uh, all right, that was informative. I'm sure everybody out there is delighted to know it. Uh, we've reached the end of our show, and <laughs> all, you know. the, all that we have left is to thank our fantastic guest this week, John Voorhees. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot for to everybody, and thank you, Kelly Gamont, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And Micah, take your eyes off your watch and put them back on that clock because we are done for this week, but we will be back next week. Until then, we remind all of you out there, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.